Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the visionaries at Overstock.com. Overstock believes that more voices make America a better place. Download the Overstock app from the App Store or Google Play for great Overstock.com deals in the palm of your hand. Dr. Ben Carson has been with us. It's been a year, year and a half since he has been on the uh, program. At that time, he wasn't considering running for president. He said he would leave it up to the Lord to decide. We had an inkling what the Lord might say to him. Uh, but now he is in, and thank God, I have to tell you, Ben, um, with you being number two with uh, Donald Trump, if it comes down to you and Donald Trump, we're your biggest sword, shield, you can use us as a carpet, you can use us as anything, please, dear God, beat Donald Trump. Uh, he has a new book out called A More Perfect Union, and I'm just, I'm, I just just want to read just on the back of it, um, you, you tackle same-sex marriage, right to bear arms, the executive orders, taxation, freedom of religion. You are a very, very outspoken man. You have taken a lot of hits here recently for what you've said about Islam. Tell me what your life is like now that you are running for president. Uh, well, it's a, it's a hectic life. I have to wake up each day and say, where am I? <laughs> uh, you know, today, uh, you know, we're doing uh, bookstores. Uh, virtually every bookstore has at least a thousand people. I mean, yeah. it's just a madhouse. And everybody... Every, every place I go in airports, no matter where I go, they say, please stand up for us. Yeah. Please stand up for us. Don't back down. Don't let the media beat you down. That the theme I hear everywhere across the country. Um, you've had death threats recently yes. because of what you're saying about Islam. Uh, at various and sundry things. How are you dealing with that? How's your wife dealing with that? Well, you know, we have great faith in God. You know, he's been so important, you know, throughout my medical career. If somebody had sat me down and said, I want you to, to type out the career that you'd like to have, I could not have come up with a better scenario. And uh, now, you know, I wasn't certainly planning on going into the political arena. Uh, and I just said, Lord, you know, this is this is not my plan. But if you really want me to do it, you have to open the doors because all the experts say it's impossible for yeah. someone like you. And the doors have been flying open. So I just said, as long as the doors are open, I'll walk through them. And if they close, I'll sit down. So I, I want to I start with the biggest, uh, I guess, supposed elephant in the room um, uh, with me. Um, and that is, this is probably the toughest thing that I could say to you. I think you're brilliant. I think you're a good man. I mean, there's no way that you can look at you and listen to you and just look you in the eyes and not say, that is a good and decent man. I think you're wicked smart, um, but you're going into you're going into Abraham Lincoln's America. You're going into a world far beyond what Abraham Lincoln had to deal with. Um, you're dealing with things around the world and in our country that, quite honestly, could get the next president killed mm -hmm. uh, and is going to rip us to shreds. Possibly rip us to shreds. You have to know the president today has to know exactly what they think about the Fed right now. You have to know exactly what you think of, of Putin right now. You have to know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are and the history of everything in the Middle East right now. I can tell you that you operate that way, literally operate that way when you're in surgery. But you're a guy who 
has just said two years ago, I'm not sure if I'm going to be president. And when I was when you were here, I asked you about the Second Amendment and I didn't push you on it because you hadn't decided to be president. But this audience went, whoa, wait a minute. What is that? But you hadn't thought of it. And so it was not a big deal. You hadn't thought of it. Um, Now that you've thought about it, your book is very clear. This is right where you stand. Are you prepared? Let me change this. What preparation do you do? What studies do you do every night before you go to bed to be prepared to be the president of the United States? Well, you know, I get uh, daily news briefings from uh, our team about everything that's going on in the world, uh, similar to probably what the president gets. And I've been doing that for quite some time. Plus, I spend my my own time reading about a lot of things. So in terms of your question about the Fed, I could easily answer that question. What should happen? About Putin, I could easily answer that question. Well, let's start. Well, let's uh, let's uh, I I do actually want you to answer those questions. But um, uh, what have you I, I wasn't prepared for my show when I first started. And it took me several years to get to the point to where I felt like I was comfortable on it. What is it that you're reading right now? What is it in history? What is it that you're learning right now that should give somebody like me confidence that, because I know you can do it, Ben, honestly. <laughs> I know you can do it. And my question is, are you taking it seriously enough to bone up? This is, this is medical school and internship in about 18 months. Yeah. Can, are you, what are you doing to be ready? Well, uh, like I said, I'm I'm reading all the daily briefings. You know, I read some political books. You know, like Saving the Republic, um, like um, Steve Deese's book, uh, Rules for Patriots, um, and I'm talking to a lot of people. So, for instance, your question about Putin. Uh, you know, I've been able to study quite a bit about him. And, you know, he's a very ambitious man. And he would love to see a Soviet Union-like structure Mm -hmm. reestablished and have that kind of influence around the world. But the big issue for him right now is a financial issue. And the oil prices are killing him. And he would like to gain control of oil prices. I think that's the reason that he's actually in Syria right now. That's going to be his beachhead to begin to expand his influence throughout that region. And if he can get control of just half of the oil resources, he will be able to significantly manipulate prices, which will uh, enhance his ability to do what he wants around the world. We should face him down, quite frankly, in Syria, where his uh, general a couple of weeks ago said, you guys shouldn't fly here. We should tell him to take a flying leap. We'll fly anywhere we want. And, you know, we ought to establish a no-fly zone along the Turkish border because there are a lot of refugees in that area. Um, and we should face him down in the whole Baltic basin, you know, uh, not just the Baltic states, but the whole Baltic basin uh, where we have, you know, one or two armored brigades. That's, that's not showing any, any strength in that area. Uh, we should give offensive weapons to Ukraine. You know, they disarmed in terms of their nuclear arsenal, uh, largely with the thought that we would protect them if they were invaded. Uh, Not happening. Uh, We should reestablish the missile defense system uh, in Eastern Europe, which terrified Putin. Anything that terrifies him, I would reestablish. 
Um, and, you know, basically... You know, I have to tell you something. You are... <laughs> So soft-spoken. You are so soft-spoken. <laughs> Do you have like, a nasty voice like, or a stink yeah. eye I mean, that you can give? I proof? mean, I just listened to you and like, and I'm going to rip his throat out. <laughs> <laughs> do you have? Do you have another gear where you're going to be able to lean into him and go, "Don't screw with us." Well, he'll he'll learn that pretty quickly. Uh, but I know my point is one of the reasons that we're having so many challenges around the world is because we have absolutely abandoned our position as a leader in the world. And that, that vacancy is obviously going to be filled by others. Not only Putin, but look at the Chinese. The Chinese are not really belligerent people, quite frankly, but they are opportunists. And if they see weakness, they're going to challenge it. There's no question about it. But most importantly, the global jihadist. You know, a lot of people in this country mistake them. Uh, for what was going on in 2003 when we went to Iraq. You know, al-Qaeda at that time, Saddam Hussein, believe me, that's a minor league compared to what we're dealing with today. And the people who say that that was a mistake to get involved in that, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, You know, that was not an existential threat to us. The global jihadists are. Tell me what what you know about the 12th Imam and and the religious uh, uh, fervor of the end of the world that the leadership in Iran is is pursuing? Well, you know, I, I know that they, you know, look at this sort of apocalyptic thing. Uh, but, you know, it all really started with Muhammad, you know, who lived in Mecca. Uh, he wasn't a very beloved uh, individual, quite frankly. Uh, his uncle was a, a very powerful influence. And once his uncle died, you know, people drove him out of there. He went to Medina where he established uh, his military forces, began to take advantage of anyone who really didn't agree with him. And uh, those were the kafir. If you weren't one of them, you were the kafir. With the kafir, you could do virtually anything. Uh, you could kill them. You could lie to them. You could whatever you wanted. That's to. us today. That's us today. Uh, that has over the years resulted in the death of more people than any other totalitarian, brutal dictatorship in the history of the world, and and it still exists today. Is the Muslim Brotherhood in care part of that? Uh, I believe there's a very strong association there, and uh, you know. One of the reasons that I said what I said that that caused the liberals so much distress when I said, no, I would not have someone become president of the United States who had a different way of thinking. I had said previously that anybody from any religious background, regardless of what it is, if they were willing to accept American values and principles, and to place our Constitution above their belief system. Right. So there's a difference between a Muslim and an Islamist. Right. Well, if the, if the Muslim accepts the whole Islamic mantra, which includes Sharia, right. that to me is not compatible with our Correct. Constitution. Correct. And, uh, I, you know, I was having that conversation with, with Alan Combs on his show a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and, you know, he was... Saying no, you can't. Still had a show, but you can't possibly believe that. So I said, Alan, do do you think it's all right to have a president who believes in Sharia? 
And he said, well, yeah, I mean, it would. and I said, stop the presses. I want the world to know that Alan Combs thinks it's okay to have Sharia uh, in the presidency of the United States. And then he backed off, uh, of course. But I, I think a lot of the people really don't understand what we're dealing with and and what their in-term um, vision is okay, of, so- the, of this apocalyptic event in which, you know, they basically uh, create their new nirvana. Back in just a second with Ben Carson, and, and I want to I pick it up with um, the Christians in the Middle East. And what is it going to take for uh, the United States to wake up and to become the country that we're supposed to be? Uh, more with Ben Carson in just a second. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. We're with Dr. Ben Carson, who's running for president of the United States and on a book tour. The name of the book is A More Perfect Union, What We the People Can Do to Reclaim Our Constitutional Liberties. You want to know what the man stands for and what he thinks? Uh, grab uh, a copy of his book. He's the first guy, from what I understand, the first guy ever to suspend his campaign, so to speak, to go out and meet one-on-one with people. Why, are you, why are you doing that? Didn't really suspend the campaign. That kind was, of. That was ABC News' interpretation. You must <laughs> okay. take that with a grain, several grains of salt. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, but you are you, you you have postponed a lot of you're you're not involved in necessarily like everybody else some, is. Some days we do campaign events and some days we do book events. Okay. Because you know I committed to doing book events long before I decided that I was going to do this, and Good I always you. keep my commitments. Uh, but we keep all the scant staff and all the funding completely separate. Okay. Because I know the FEC is all over looking for some kind of violation. So. Um, we were talking about Islam uh, here in America, and I want to talk to you a little bit about what's it going to take for people to wake up, and what does that mean for us to wake up? What do you do with ISIS and the caliphate now, which, by the way, we were told a few years ago was crazy, right? but what do you do with it now? Well, I'll tell you what I would do with it. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I feel that one of the reasons that uh, they're being so successful with their recruitment efforts is because they have, in fact, established a caliphate. Uh, half of Iraq, a third of Syria, uh, beachheads in Somalia, Nigeria, Tunisia. And uh, they are looking extraordinarily successful. And they're able to offer people who frequently live in pretty desperate situations some semblance of, of prestige in their life and money that they can send to their families. Uh, what I would do is make them not look like winners. How would you do that? Well, the easiest place, I think, to go is Iraq. Uh, the The government in Iraq is pretty much in shambles at this stage of the game. Uh, but I think it would be relatively easy to take the territory back from them. That would be a huge blow to their prestige. Who do you, who, do you arm anybody? Uh, well, I think we we would have to put our own people on the ground because, you know, our administration has called for, you know, a coalition. But guess what? Coalitions don't form automatically. They bef- they form behind something. So also we have a lot of special forces. We we have capabilities that are very substantial, uh, but we're not using them. That's That's one of the big frustrations for many of the generals that I've talked to who've retired. 
we have the capabilities of doing things, yeah. but our people won't let them do it. What do, where do you stand on? Uh, where do you stand with the Kurds? Well, you know, there's there's several factions of the Kurds, as you know. Uh, the, the one that we hear about the most are the Peshmerga. Uh, the PKK is the faction of Kurds that Turkey is at war with. Um, and, you know, I definitely think we should be directly helping them. I think they're an enormous fighting force with a tremendous history. And they have a lot of variations, including Christians, among them. We, we are, you know, the hearings... Uh, happening this week with on the Hill with Hillary Clinton in Benghazi. Um, I said three days after that happened, this had nothing to do with film. We were arming uh, the people in Syria. Um, I, of course, was called crazy for that. We had some pretty good sources on that. As it turns out, that's exactly what was happening. Now all those people that the GOP even was fine um, arming, turns out they're the bad guys and we armed them. How do you know who to arm and who not to? Uh, well, it's it's very difficult. I I think we've done a pretty poor job of maintaining our covert sources, you know. And it was a it was a PC move. It was political correctness, and you know, the CIA and all these people were evil, and you know, we're the cause of all the problems. And we really kind of let that fall by the wayside. That was a huge mistake. Uh, and and we have to have the kind of intelligence that is necessary in order to make the right decisions. We also need to understand that, you know, there's a lot of complex interrelationships uh, throughout that region of the world. And when you go in and you, like, pull out one of the the the, the legs of the bar stool, <laughs> bad things are going to happen. And you have to be prepared to deal with those. So that was the reason that I wasn't all that anxious, quite frankly, in the beginning to go into Iraq. Um, and, you know, once we got in there, it was terrible to precipitously withdraw. Mm -hmm. That was a problem. But if you hadn't gone there in the first place, it wouldn't have been a problem. And, uh, you know, Saddam Hussein was actually as evil as he was a stabilizing force there. By the same token, in Afghanistan, Afghanistan is a buffer zone. It is it's an important place. And, you know, I'd, I would not have put hundreds of thousands of troops through there. I would have a small force that would give us the ability to do what we needed to do. When we come back, his first day in office and his faith. Dr. Ben Carson, in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. The Blaze Radio Network. We want to thank Dr. Ben Carson for coming by the uh, studios. He's on a book tour. It, he, obviously, extraordinarily difficult to uh, to get any time with, and uh, especially on the book tour, and we appreciate you coming by the uh, program. The name of the book is A More Perfect Union. Um, he is, uh, I tell you, um, Ben, we, 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 we watch you, and we admire you. We pray for you. Thank you. Um, That's what's making a difference. It is. It is. Let me start there. You're a Seventh-day Adventist. I'm a Mormon. Mitt Romney was a Mormon. They haven't even started on you yet. I have seen seen people try to get you to say, I think you and I, and I'm not talking about religiously, I'm talking about politically and in some ways uh, religiously, believe many of the same things, of the times in which we live. Um, and I've seen them dance around. 
And I thought, nobody is going for his throat yet. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for what's coming your way? Yes. Absolutely. They don't frighten me in the slightest. What's coming your way? Uh, w- well, everything that they can possibly throw against the wall. They're already doing it, and it will intensify because they're looking for something that will stick. Uh, they've been every place I've ever been. They've talked to everybody I've ever known. It's funny when I talk to people and hear how they're digging. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I don't care because there's nothing there. They're coming after your faith, you know. Uh, they're welcome to. I, uh, I have a very good defense against that. I simply ask them a question back when they ask me a question. What is the question? So they say, you, you, you think God created the earth? I said, so you believe something came from nothing? Exactly, exactly how does that work? <laughs> I was just at the I was just at the Mayo Clinic last week and they were doing some brain scans on me to see if I had one and they did a PET scan and uh as they were going through the results I sat back in my chair and I said I'm not going to ask you if you believe in God or not I'm just going to say to you how do you not believe in God you don't even know how any of this stuff works exactly. you're bluffing I, I am shocked at people, especially in your business, um, their lack of of humility, I think it takes. Well, particularly knowing how complex the human brain is. Oh, my gosh. How that came out of it. What? We put parts in a shoebox and shook it for five million years and that came out? there. I mean, a, a promiscuous bunch of biochemicals. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, let me ask you what you do on your first day. You first, the first a minute... You raise your hand. I call for a joint session of Congress, and I make it very clear to them that with this administration, the people come first. The country is up for and by the people, not up for and by the government. And we work for the people. They don't work for us. And uh, as one of my first uh, declarations, I'll tell them I will not be signing anything that raises our uh, spending by one penny. You do that for three to four years in a row, you got a balanced budget just like that. There'll be a number of other things, but we're going to become fiscally responsible. Uh, there's 645. <laughs> I just, again, I listen, and we're going to become fiscally responsible. <laughs> I just, I've, never, I've never heard any more, anybody more soft-spoken. And I, I don't know. That's either going to go horribly wrong or it's going to work because... It's going gonna, it's gonna to work because we have control over it in the executive branch. There are 645 federal agencies and sub-agencies over which the executive branch has uh, governance. And they will all cut their budget by three any, or any, four percent. Let me let me go through some rapid fire. Here. Okay, okay. Let's do yes or no questions. Okay, no, that's really hard. But let's try yes or no questions. How are you with warrantless NSA domestic spying? Terrible. No, can't do it. Nice border fence. Yes or no? Uh, the right kind of fence. Yes. What does the right kind of fence mean? The right kind of fence means what has worked in the past, like in Yuma County, Arizona, a double yes. fence okay, with an asphalt so you can get rapidly to the okay. point to point. Okay. And the Border Patrol Road. In border between. Patrol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, perse- you, you watch the, you look mm-hmm. at the fences that are in, in uh, Israel. Right. I mean, those oh were, my gosh. Those were right. really I've well. seen those. And you have, and you, can I tell you something? I was, as a journalist, I went to one of their border fences. I got out. You know, they're all raked. Right. The sand's all raked. I got out. And the guy said, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to. I'm gonna. By the time I finished argued with him, 
the border patrol was on me saying, what are you doing here, sir? Right. I mean, it can work. <laughs> it can, and you have to prosecute first-time offenders. You can't catch and release. Uh, find companies who hire illegals. Absolutely. Deport illegals. Uh, if they have, uh, if they qualify as illegals, there's, I would give people the ability to register in a certain period of time. Uh, and if they have pristine records and they're willing to work as guest workers under the circumstances that we provide, um, they could stay. Um, but they don't become citizens and they don't vote. English, some of these questions are a little uh, from, from five years ago or eight years ago. English need to be the country's official language? Of course. Um, do you continue the war on drugs? Absolutely. You do? I intensify it. Let me ask you a question. How? I mean, it doesn't seem to be working now. Yeah, well, go down to the border in Arizona like I was a few yeah. weeks ago. I mean, it's, it's, it's an open highway. And the federal, mm-hmm. federal government isn't doing anything to stop it. Okay. Legalize marijuana. I, I disagree with it. Um, would troops, you've already answered this, would troops have gone into Iraq knowing what you know now? No. Um, ground, but you would send them back. You would send troops because of the situation now. Well, you wouldn't to, have the situation that you have no, now. Right. You but, now but, but now, now that we have you the would situation, oh, yeah, I, ground troops. Oh, absolutely. And um, an, an we need a stabilizing force? force. Uh, or just a, we need a stabilizing force. Which means... But right now, it's going to. The longer you wait, the bigger the force has to be. Okay. Okay. Um, are you are you kind of a guy that um, I happen to believe if you're going to fight war, war is kill the other side faster to right. take mm-hmm. their breath away. Right. You, so you save lives that way. Correct. So, are you the kind of guy that goes in, hammers them, and then goes home, or do you go in? You do what you have to do and then stay there and rebuild them. No, I, I think you get it over with quickly. I, I don't believe in politically correct war. Okay. Keystone oil pipeline. Absolutely. Drill in Anwar. Absolutely. Uh, drill off the coasts. Absolutely. <laughs> Climate change. Is it real, man-made, and can we do anything about it? Well, climate always changes. It's either going up <laughs> or down. Uh, we do have a responsibility uh, to take care of our environment. That's the real issue. We don't have to make it into a political war. Um, would you have joined um, uh, Agenda 2030? No. Um, national standards for education? Uh, absolutely not. The closer education is to home, the better the education um, is. Uh, shut down the Department of Education? Uh, I actually have something I would use the Department of Education to do. Would it be pack boxes for the State Department? <laughs> <laughs> the IRS? No, it would be to monitor our institutions of higher education f- for extreme political bias and deny federal mm. funding if it exists. Well, like that. Like that. Um, uh, Common Core, yes or no? No. Okay. Um, should the U.S. remain part of the United Nations? I don't like the United Nations, and unless they change, I would not participate. I would defund them. Um, one word to describe the following. One thing the uh, Republican Party has wrong. Uh, their failure to reach out, I think, to some of the groups that don't like them. Um, Obamacare, repeal or replace? Uh, I think it has to be replaced and then repeal in that order. Okay, I think we have to do another show on that. <laughs> teachers, one word to describe teachers' unions. Teachers' unions right now are not what they were when they began. So they've metastasized into something that is not good. 
Um, one word to describe President Obama. Uh, someone who does not believe in American values as traditional values. One word. You know, notice he's not answered any of these one no, words, but they're not, all good answers. Good answers. But, uh, <laughs> I keep trying. <laughs> None of these politicians have given me one word. One word to describe Donald Trump. Um, non-traditional. <laughs> he came up with the one word. There. Uh, so nice. Very good. <laughs> one federal program you would cut. Um, but there's a lot of them I would cut. Um, hmm. Common Core. Um, uh, the IRS, open or closed for business? I would do everything I can to eliminate the need for the IRS. Edward Snowden, hero or traitor? What he did in effect turned out to be good, but the way he did it was inappropriate. Worst Supreme Court decision in the last 20 years? Uh, Probably, I would say the... Gay marriage decision. The man you would appoint to Supreme Court if you had your way today? Uh, It would be someone whose record speaks for itself as opposed to someone who answers the question. Anybody come to mind? Uh, There are some names, but I prefer not to. Um, uh, The most underrated president in the United States, historically. uh, Historically? Historically. Hmm. That's uh that's 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 a tough one. Probably probably John Adams. Um uh, worst president. Uh I think that's probably a toss up. Uh, but I you can give I, me more than one. This this president not I, I I I don't I don't want to do it. Okay. Uh, you're, 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 uh, only, only because I know it, there'll be headlines the next day. Uh, your favorite yeah. amendment. Hmm. Probably the First Amendment. Your favorite founder. My favorite founder is going to be, boy, that's a tough one between Thomas Jefferson. George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, they were they were all just terrific people. Um, most underrated founder? Hmm. Underrated, probably in, t- in terms of his intellect and ability, Madison. If you could tell people to read one book besides the Bible that would change their point of view or their life. And you can't currently be on a tour promoting that book. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Stuart. That was, boy, did how I about, set that one up. How about the one before? No, <laughs> just... <laughs> what would it I, be? I'll tell you, in this country, you, I'm going to shock you with this. But the book I would have Americans read is Rules for Radicals. Because mm. then they would be able to see exactly what's going on. Mm. They sure would. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Ben, I appreciate um, your time, and I will tell you that um, uh, I listen to you, and and I watch you, and especially with your last answer, I really do think that you get it. Instinctively, mm-hmm. I really think that you get it, um, and we do pray for you. 
We Thank really you. do pray for you. Can it's, you can you show working. us your outdoor voice though? Can you can yeah, you show uh, us your Candy? Does he ever, growly his voice? Wife is, his wife is here. Is she? Does he ever like? You've tried. You've tried. <laughs> like like when the kids like the kids the grandkids or something. Does he ever say knock it off? Ever. Never. Do you have a you have a stink eye look or anything? Give us your, like, I'm Putin and I'm like, I'm going to nuke you. Give me that look. <laughs> Give me that look. Thank you very much. All Dr. Right, ben Carson, you. the name of the book is A More Perfect Union, What We the People Can Do to Reclaim Our Constitutional Liberties. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you for having me. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now.